IG-88, an actual bounty hunter. I monitoring you, Captain Render. You were correct to assume that following me would lead you to Boba Fett. Sounds like you got your wires crossed, IG-88. I brought my cousin, THX-1138. Hope that's cool. I don't want to be a jerk, but your cousin's got to get the out of here. Star Wars fans, boof milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode 88 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And it's Gabe. And it's episode 88. That can only mean one thing. IG-88. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) They said, how are you going to do a whole episode about IG-88? Yeah, we took that as a challenge we had to take. We were able to do a Lobot episode. We were able to do a Panaka episode. I think we can do an IG-88 episode. Shockingly, there is a lot of IG-88 info out there, and I'm not sure any of it makes any sense at all. Everybody loves bounty hunters, so (laughs) it kind of makes sense in a strange sort of way that there would be tons of IG-88 stuff. Well, then there's like the whole IG-88 family, right? Yeah, we're going to get into it. There's a lot of IG-88s out there. (laughs) We're we're going to try and make sure this episode is not 88 minutes. Well, maybe. It could be. We can't promise. (laughs) So let's let's get into the news. Uh, Let's talk about some of this Han Solo stuff that's been going on. Han Solo. 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 So it came out last week that actor Michael K. Williams has had his role cut from the Han Solo movie, which is kind of a bummer. Especially since they said he was part human, part animal. (laughs) (laughs) Which all I could think about was Jupiter Ascending, which maybe he was going to be a roller skating dog man. (laughs) It's finally the Star Wars Jupiter Ascending crossover. Well, it makes sense because the Lord and Miller made a bunch of movies with Channing Tatum, so... Maybe he was a homage to Jupiter Ascending <laughs> Roller Skating Dog Man. It's a bummer because he's, you know, he's a great actor. I loved him. Did you watch Boardwalk Empire ever or The Wire? No, I did not. I watched the intro to the first episode of The Wire, and then I don't know. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't make it past that. No good reason. It's just that's as far as I made it. He was so, one of the only things I liked in the the RoboCop remake. That I don't. I don't even think that movie exists anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. So, but he was great about it. He was saying that um, he doesn't think him being in the Star Wars family is completely done. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the truth and kind of like, hey, you know, it didn't work out with your schedule. You're working on something else now. And we're going to have you back as another part 
an even bigger part, hopefully, in one of the other 10,000 Star Wars movies that are going to be made in the future. Why not have a half-man, half-animal star of a standalone movie? (laughs) (laughs) You could just give him his own movie. It's fine. He can roller roller skate all around the Star Wars universe. (laughs) (laughs) Did Channing Tatum's roller skates and Jupiter Ascending, they have, like, rocket boosters on the bottom of them? I think so. I think they had, like, little... Were they like little blue hover things like the Matrix ships, maybe? Yeah, it could have been. It's just like stepping into a dream. (laughs) So then later, he was talking to Vanity Fair in a different article, and he revealed his character, his half-human, half-animal character, was a link between Han and Amelia Clark's character. And Amelia, Amelia Clark's character's name is Kira. But then Making Star Wars stepped in and said it's actually spelled Kura, K-U-R-A. Well, that's very Star Wars if half the people say Kura and half say Kira. It's, that's a good sign. <laughs> they're, they're keeping it that they know they're Star Wars. Yeah. The long list of double pronunciations. Yeah. If you can't say it two ways, it's not Star Wars. <laughs> you know, it made me think about, like, Amelia Clark's character or... So much other, the cast of Han Solo, that aside from Han and Lando and a little bit about Woody Harrelson's character, we really don't know anything. No. And really all we get is pictures of Chewbacca, <laughs> which I'm not complaining. That kind of brings us to our next thing, that a lot is being refilmed on the Han Solo movie. As much as they were trying to like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just a little bit different that they're changing quite a bit. <laughs> They're going to – it seems like they're going to be filming this movie forever. Yeah. It's crazy that they're still sticking to May, too. Like, they have every good excuse to push it to December, where I kind of feel like it should be anyway. But they need May to hit May for this because they have some secret other movie that's going to come, <laughs> come out in December. I don't know. Just I don't understand why they're pushing it. Doesn't Disney also have the Avengers Infinity War like, in the beginning of May? Yeah, I think as of right now, both those movies come out in the same month. You, yeah, you would think that they would be like, you know you know what? Let's just let Infinity War have that entire month. Yeah, I don't get that because they know Star Wars fans are crazy and we'll see the movie again and again and again. And the Marvel fans are crazy and we'll see the movie again and again and again. And if you're a Marvel fan and a Star Wars fan, at some point you got to decide which of the two you're going to go see again. <laughs> Which, yeah. you know, those are tough choices. I don't want to have to make those kind of decisions. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ron Howard's setting up our astromech barbecues. Well, that, I mean, that's how he keeps the morale up. He's, they're just roasting hot dogs <laughs> in between takes. Having the time of his life, yeah. Are they going to have a trailer for Han at Last Jedi? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, you would think, right? It's six months before it comes out. Almost five months. Oh, yeah, right. I don't know if I'm ready to live in a world where I'm watching a trailer for a Star Wars movie. For two, There's going to be two Star Wars movies that I am seeing trailers for that aren't out yet at the it, same time. It's hard enough just thinking now almost about three Star Wars movies coming out. In 1998, they spaced them, you know, the prequels, they spaced them out years apart because that's all our brains could handle. You had a year to kind of cool down, you had a year to just chill out, and then you had a year to freak out and get excited. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the way to do it. Right, now we're going to have to do all of that in like three months' time. <laughs> so speaking of freaking out, there's Last Jedi stuff. Get drama. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Last Jedi. On the Star Wars show last week, 
they were talking about some new First Order vehicles, right? There was the First Order Dreadnought. The Dreadnought is a mandatory four-class warship and has two enormous orbital autocannons, which can be used for larger-scale bombardments. It measures 7,669.72 meters in length, or 25,162.8 feet, for those of you who never learned the metric system. The First Order Dreadnought also has 24-point defense anti-aircraft cannons on its dorsal surface. Basically, it's got two big guns on the bottom to shoot planets. It's a giant pizza slice. Yeah, it's a big triangle pizza slice. Did you see the StarWars.com article with the designer? The story somehow dictated that the top had to be flat. Very interesting. I've been trying to figure out what... That was a big roller skating scene. (laughs) I needed someplace to skate. That was the tie-in with Han. It's Snoke's uh, roller disco. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're right. He's actually building a third Death Star... But it's just a big disco ball. It comes out of that that little thing in the center. Mm-hmm. And uh, every, all the first order just uh, roller discos on top of the uh, of the dread knot, the disco knot, dance knot. <laughs> And then there was the big new ADAT, right? The ATM-6. We have the ATM-6 Walker, which stands for All-Terrain Mega Caliber 6 Walker. Why 6, you ask? Well, because it has a Mega Caliber 6 laser cannon on its back. Think of it as a mobile heavy artillery walker that's way bigger than a standard ADAT. And while an ATAT might move like an elephant, the ATM-6 has a more simian-like gait, which helps it stabilize the cannon. The gorilla ADAT. I don't know, the... Shot from the movie looks really cool, but I don't know. I'm still I'm I'm weird with vehicles. Like I'm not 100% sold on it. For whatever reason, it bugs me that the back of it is just an old AT-AT, almost exactly like it's the same legs as an old AT-AT. But once it's in the movie, jumping around and shooting stuff, I'm sure I'll be happy. But <laughs> I hope it jumps around. Yeah, right. That's the point. It's got gorilla arms. It needs to do something. Climb things. I you know when I saw him. I was just like, those look cool. The more I thought about them, I was like, man, you know, if I saw both of those as sketches in like the the Joe Johnston Empire Strikes Back sketchbook, I think they would totally fit right in with all that stuff. Like they look, I mean, that's the thing that I at least appreciate with both of them is that they're crazy. Like the, the big pizza Star Destroyer thing. It's got like 10 billion little cannons on the bottom of it and the AT. M6, like, walks like a gorilla. It's just like, well, at least it's something new, something different. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm on the other side of that is I wish they looked a little more different. Because I think I've talked about this before, that it's weird to me. The two standalone movies we're getting are, like, original trilogy timeline. So they have original trilogy vehicles and things in them. But then Force Awakens and Last Jedi are sticking pretty close to the designs from the original trilogy. So we're almost getting like four movies that kind of look very similar. Once it's shooting people, I'm sure I'll be. I'm sure I'll be happy. <laughs> like the StarWars.com article, but just we're talking about how, and on the Star Wars show, they were talking about how big they are, and it reminded me of um, Star Killer Base. They're like, so it's bigger. It's a Death Star, but it's bigger. <laughs> and it's yeah. like I was thinking to be there should be a scene like where they go to like Space Wendy's. And it's the first order rule that they all got to order biggie size. Like everything has to be big. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they're going to have like they're going to be in the rebel base and they're going to show the walkers and that old beard guy's going to be there again. And they're going to show like a hologram of the old walkers and they're going to show how big the new walkers are. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. We need a trailer. I think that's that's what's that's the bottom that's line. We yeah, yeah, we need to see the stuff moving around for the longest time. I was like. Uh, you know, we just had one at Celebration, but now I'm kind of like, no, wait a minute. Yeah, we really need to see something new. Yeah, because yeah, it looks like we're going to get Force Friday before we get a trailer, right? Shocking. Yeah, unless it just comes out of nowhere uh, this week. It probably will. But <laughs> as soon as we're done recording, yeah. we're going to go online and there it is. I think it'll be soon. I saw that then Ryan Johnson is doing a fan event in a theater in Japan. Yes. I don't know if that is a sign. Could be. I don't know. It'll be soon. It's, somebody was also saying that that same second week in September, 
when that thing in Japan is happening is the beginning of Monday Night Football, which they, they know they love making Star Wars fans watch football. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're like, there's no Olympics this year. Come on. Let's make the Star Wars fans watch sports. Maybe they'll learn something. Learn about sportsmanship. <laughs> Actually, yeah, maybe then maybe there'll be a new uh, first order base, and it'll just be shaped like a football this time. <laughs> it'll be like the the volleyball scene in Top Gun, where just all of a sudden everyone's just playing like tag football. There, there, no one's ever played a sport in a Star Wars movie, have there? Well, they. I you mean, know, pod racing. I guess that's a sport. There was a reference to going off and playing ball. Come on, let's go and play ball. Keep racing, Annie. You're gonna be Bug Squad. You're right, but we never saw what the rules are of this game called ball. Right. So maybe in Canto Bite you can. Oh well, no, in the casino on uh, Coruscant yeah. there was a there was robot football. Remember? Yeah, maybe that's ball. Yeah, where's EA? Where's the ball game? Star Wars ball. <laughs> you can do your training on Tatooine with Wald and the, the kid yeah. with the red hair. You could use your own frying pan. Yeah, if you guys want to join our Blast Points ball team, <laughs> um, we'll be starting it up in the spring. Come on, let's go and play ball. There was a little bit of news about uh, Obi-Wan, if you can call it news. Relax. Take a deep breath. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. It came out last week. From the completely reliable and trustworthy website Omega Underground, which we all we all check Omega Underground every day, yeah. right? I think uh, Super Shadow has moved on to working at Omega Underground. That yeah. sounds sounds like Super Shadow's new gig. But uh, they were saying that the working title, maybe production title for the still unannounced, not official Obi Wan standalone movie, is called Joshua Tree. Which then people connected because that's the name of the U.S. National Park desert. The connection is that, oh, it's got to be set on Tatooine. But it was kind of fascinating, the fan reaction of just like, they're confirming that it's going to be on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where else is it going to be? Really? They're not going to go to Moulin Rouge planet as much as I want it to be true. <laughs> if this thing really happens, it's going to be on Tatooine. Yeah, because I can't. Even imagine what else would they do? Even if he left for a while, he would still have to start or end on Tatooine. There's no way it's not going to be on Tatooine if they do it. I couldn't imagine Obi-Wan ever leaving his job of watching Luke. I couldn't imagine whatever would take him off the planet. He would never leave the planet, in my opinion. Unless maybe for some reason Owen and Beru have to go somewhere. And Luke is young enough that he won't remember, so they let Obi-Wan babysit him, and then everything just goes crazy. <laughs> and and Obi-Wan and baby Luke end up on hijinks across the galaxy. It's just, it's a comedy movie where, you know, Obi-Wan doesn't know how to work, like, the, the clothes washer and dryer at the yeah. Baru homestead. Like, just a little bit of soap. And then, like, there's soap everywhere. Oh, <laughs> It's just Mr. Mom with Lou or with uh, Obi Wan. <laughs> the vacuum attacks him. He has like droid flashbacks. <laughs> Clankers. Oh no. Captain Kennedy. <laughs> we keep saying, if you need some help, just call us up. is another of Vader's preferred bounty hunters and is the only droid on this list. A towering, imposing figure, this mechanical menace is beholden to no one and represents something truly scary, a droid and bounty hunter with no humanity. Gabe, if I were to say to you, how many times have you seen IG-88 in Star Wars stuff? 
What would I? What would you say off the top of your head? In motion, like in sure. video, mm-hmm. in something other than a book. Not, not in a book. Yeah, a couple times. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember at least like his heads in A New Hope in the bar. So like, there's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But as far as like walking around as a robot, probably just Empire and May. Well, are we counting? Other IG things. See, that's where it starts getting crazy. Because for the longest time, I was just like, there's IG assassin droids, and then there's IG-88. But I didn't understand quite what the the difference was between the two of them, or how IG-88 related to the IG assassin droids. But IG-88 has been in way more Star Wars than I even ever realized. So his first appearance was in The Empire Strikes Back, obviously. There will be a substantial reward for the one who finds the Millennium Falcon. You are free to use any methods necessary, but I want them alive. No disintegrations. As you wish. Which I didn't realize until I rewatched that part last week that did you ever notice that when Vader, like after he says, like, no disintegrations, and he turns and walks away, that IG-88's head kind of turns and he kind of watches Vader? Yeah. I never noticed that. He's very observant. <laughs> I think I was always too busy looking at, like, Vader's finger. It is a good finger. It is. It's a real witchy finger. So then the next time you saw IG-88 was... In the droids cartoon, where that was the first time he ever talked. Captain Kaibo, someone's attacking us! That should teach them a lesson. Julpa is mine to capture, not yours to destroy. Oh, wow. I know. We haven't gotten to that one, folk. That one yet, folks. <laughs> so, something for everybody to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. That's a four hour long episode. <laughs> Two and a half hours in, IG 88 shows up. After that, he he was in Shadows of the Empire game, where he talked again. As there is a zero percentage probability that you will survive this encounter, I see no risk in informing you that I have tracked my esteemed competitor to the Shah system, where he will soon lose Captain Solo to me. It's so weird. I don't remember that part at all. I remember he was really easy to beat because I remember playing it on the Super Nintendo and being like, oh, man, it's IG-88. This is going to be impossible. And it was just like we, you shot him like a couple times in the head and he fell over. Yeah, I vaguely remember fighting him. I think I remember the Boba Fett fight more. Yeah, that was hard. Poor IG-88. Yeah. So then I think Dave Filoni has a soft spot for IG-88, which would kind of make sense because he was in or the IG assassin droids were in Clone Wars a lot and way more than I even realized. Cause so I pulled up Wikipedia, right? Be like, well, let me get a rough idea of how many times IGA was or IG assassin droids were in Star Wars. And it was like a, a list a mile long. They were in the Clone Wars movie, right? So, okay, help me out. Where were, where were IG assassin droids in the Clone Wars movie? Because weren't they Zero's bodyguards? And they were in the Gendi Clone Wars. Right. Well, that was, I remember that pretty clearly because that was the signature part of the series with them on the speeder bikes, jousting. But those are like what, IG 80, another number, right? Those weren't technically 88s. Yeah. Or something, right? Yeah. I don't remember. Did I tell you there was a Chinese buffet by my old work called Super 88 we used to go to? <laughs> you almost had to be a robot to eat there. It was, <laughs> it was pretty nasty. I think they had macaroni and water instead of macaroni and cheese. Ones. <laughs> <laughs> Are they still macaroni and like yellow water? Are they still open? No, I don't think so. Oh, that's too bad. Well, that smells stinking weird. I G88 was in a ton of episodes of Clone Wars. He was in the episode Downfall of a Droid. Well, it's again IG Assassin Droids. See, I still get them mixed up. Downfall of a Droid with the evil Astromech. Do you remember that one? Yeah, and I don't remember the IG droids in that. They were like, it was like Anakin and Ahsoka were going through like this spooky hallway, and there was a bunch of them that were like deactivated, and that idiot astromech like turned them on. And that oh, was when you're right. Okay, they, they were like climbing up the walls and stuff. Yeah, 
And then they showed up again, again, notably in the episode uh, Evil Plans, where R2 and 3PO go to the droid spa and they get kidnapped by Cad Bane. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> well, Cad Bane has like, <laughs> he's got like two IG assassin droids that are working for him. They go to a droid spa. I, this, I'm, what's wrong? I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and watch that one. Anakin and Padme send uh, R2 and 3PO out for fruit. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> did I miss did I miss that somehow? Maybe no. it was too it was too much for my brain and I, I blacked it out. It, it's a good one. Pain will not be pleased if we come back empty-handed. And IGD showed up most recently in that episode of Forces of Destiny with Leia and Sabine. And I think didn't Sabine like shoot paint at him? Yeah, I think she hit him with a paint bomb. Um <laughs> And tri- basically tricked the stormtroopers into thinking that he tried to steal the plans that Sabine stole. Yeah. Was it, pla- what did, was it plans or was it? Uh... Yeah, it was like uh, locations of uh, Imperial bases. Well, and that yeah. was cool, too, because that was when we saw IG-88 walking. Yeah, he was walking around. But we don't know if that was, was that ABC or D? Yeah, we, right? I don't know. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. What is that? IG-88, an actual bounty hunter. Also, probably interested in your data tape. Follow me! And this was shocking to me. There was an IG-88 reference, kind of, in Rogue One. Can you think of how there was an IG-88 reference in Rogue One? Either something on Jeddah or something on the, the moon base at the beginning, on the street? One of Jin's toys. Oh, Yeah! is an IG assassin droid named Mr. Iggy. You're right, Mr. Iggy. I remember that from the Visual Dictionary. <laughs> oh, man. Man, she had the best toys. <laughs> she did. How have they not released, like, her toys to buy as toys? I know. I would buy the whole set. I've never moved faster in my life as when I was reading appearances of IG assassin droids. In film and TV, Star Wars film and TV, and Rogue One. And I sat there thinking for the longest time, and then I was like, wait a minute, Jin's toys. And I ran into my basement to get the Rogue One visual dictionary. <laughs> Did you pull a muscle or something? Just about. I almost fell down the stairs. Twist your ankle. Oh. But I forgot that she also had like a little OPC killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all her stuff is like all... Didn't she have almost like a... A trade federation ship or something? Like, she had all the good prequel toys. <laughs> so let's talk about IG-88s and the, the assassin droids' convoluted history. So I went back and I read the IG-88 story from the Tales of the Bounty Hunter book this week. Uh, by Kevin J. Anderson, titled "Therefore I Am: The Tale of IG-88." It's the first. Wow. It's the first story in the book. You're, you were deep diving this week. I was taking this seriously. When it comes to IG-88, <laughs> it's time to take it seriously. So it's a crazy story, but it's a story that kind of set the IG assassin droid story that kind of carries over into everything. Everything except for the StarWars.com databank entry, which is just like, he's a droid. So this place, Hollowan Laboratories, makes these, like, assassin droids. They, like, grow past their Imperial programming, and one of them figures out he wants to, like, take over the whole galaxy. So then he makes copies of himself, pretty much forming, like, an IG-88, like, super team. And that's, like... IG-88, A, B, C, and D. Okay, there's also out there IG-72. Now, the droids that you saw in Clone Wars, those were IG-86s. I know that because in Galaxy of Heroes, they have IG-86 and IG-88. Okay, yeah, see? But only the one IG-88. So all these different versions of IG-88, most of them just go wandering off doing their own thing. And a lot of them are... Bounty hunters. Like, one of them goes after Han Solo. But all the copies are destroyed. And in the end, just IG-88A is left. Where he learns 
of the Death Star 2 in Return of the Jedi is going to be built, right? Okay. And his master plan is he's going to go into the Death Star 2 and go into, like, its computer mainframe and take it over and gain control. (laughs) Okay. There's, like, some crazy hijinks where, like, IG-88, he does this, and he's, like, making, like, doors open and close. And then, like, the Emperor notices this, and the Emperor is, like, closing, opening, and closing a door with the Force. No, no, that didn't really happen. <laughs> is that from the story or is that from another book or something? This is this is all IG-88 research. This is all I've been doing all week. So, so what, what story do I have to go read so I can see <laughs> the, the Emperor and IG-88 fight by opening and closing doors? Go get the Tales from the Bounty Hunter book. Find all the IG-88 info you can. Uh, okay. So, but then the Death Star 2 gets blown up, and all of IG-88A's plans are for nothing. Now, it's a weird and crazy and dumb story. Bizarre way to start this book. The rest of the book is pretty pretty cool stuff. You know, like Zuckus and 4LM out there doing stuff, and Boba Fett being cool, and Dengar and Han Solo. But part of this crazy backstory keeps carrying over into everything else. Like, you go to the Wikipedia page... Fry G88, and they're sticking with this, but they're adding a whole lot more. And I don't know where this other more stuff comes from. I was looking up so much IG88 stuff this week that I didn't have time to, to fact check them where this was coming from. <laughs> so, so you're telling me some of this may not have really happened? <laughs> it happened somewhere, <laughs> unless there's some IG88 maniac out there who just made all this up. But one thing I really liked is they kept saying that uh, another name for the assassin droid is a flut droid. P-H-L-U-T. Flut. Flut. What? They were saying, evolving from the flut contract with the intergalactic banking clan, banking clan, and they said, hence the IG prefix, intergalactic. Oh. The IG-88 was a natural design evolution from the IG-100 and IG-86 and ig Lancer combat droid, which I'm guess that is a reference to the Gendi droids. Yeah, pretty sure that's what those guys were. That made their mark during the violent clone dro- clone wars. Oh, so interesting. So I guess they are basically. So they're saying all the IG droids came from the banking clan, kind of, because I'm noticing in one of the encyclopedias they say the uh, Hailfire droids are IG droids. The missile launchers from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that makes total sense. So they're numbered, I think, IG-227 droids. IG-88B is the one that was in the droids cartoon. Weird. Okay, so in Empire, the OG IG, IG-88A. I th- Hold on, we're getting there. <laughs> okay. Oh, so all right, because droids happened before the original trilogy. Yes. So that okay. was IG-88B. That was one of the IG-88s. The, there was the main IG-88A who's like, hey, IG-88s, let's kill every biological life form out there and let's take over the universe, the five of us or whatever. Sounds totally possible. But IG-88B, he went off to do some bounty hunter business and ended up on the droids cartoon. So around the same time as the droids cartoon, IG-88A set up a droid factory on the planet Locke where he planned to manufacture a plethora of battle droids and droid decas for his own purposes. But supposedly a group of spacers were successful in foiling the plans and seemingly destroying the droid and the factory. So that was IG-88A. So did IG-88A die? (laughs) Let's assume right now, yes. (laughs) Okay. So then IG-88B was the one that was on... The Star Destroyer talking to Darth Vader. B, yeah, B for Bounty Hunter. Maybe for the best one. Now, according to all this, he made it to Bespin before Boba Fett. But Boba Fett blew him up there. And that's why there's IG-88 parts in the the trash room where Chewbacca finds 3PO. Interesting. Okay. According to all this, too, IG-88C and D tried to engage Fett 
in orbit over Tatooine in both identical models of the IG-88 ship, the IG-2000, where where both C and D tried to team up to try and steal frozen Han Solo, possibly for revenge of killing IG-88B. But supp- I believe it. Yeah, it makes sense. So, but yeah. supposedly, Boba Fett blew them both up. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but but IG-88D somehow survived the encounter because IG-88D is the one who was later destroyed by Dash Randar. Shadows the Empire uh, takes place in between. Right, after Empire, before yeah. Jedi. Yeah. Okay. It all makes sense. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and maybe that's why he was so easy to kill in the game, because he was wounded from fighting Boba Fett. There you go. That makes yeah. total sense. But I still think two IG-88s could take out Boba Fett. Come on. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. So did I say IG-88A died? Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> well. <laughs> He's back. Somehow he survived. Because he is the one that tried to upload his consciousness into the Death Star 2. Where he would become the Death Star 2. Oh, boy. Yeah, and according to Wikipedia, IG-88 was utterly baffled when it appeared that Emperor Palpatine used Unseen Force to push the doors back open. IG-88 exerted more for more force and was able to continue to keep the Emperor locked in until he grew tired of this game and unlocked the door. So, I hope we get a standalone movie someday. <laughs> a Star Wars story with IG-88 and the Emperor fighting by closing doors. <laughs> Just two hours of that is really all I need. Long story short, I don't understand any of this. (laughs) I don't understand how IG-88A died or survived. You know, I just can't believe Disney went and threw all this away. (laughs) (laughs) What were they thinking? It was all right there for them. Just imagine (laughs) if you were sat down with the story meeting and they kept all that and it's like... Hey, let's put IG-88 in uh, the Han Solo movie and someone will, which one? IG-A, B, C, or D? Or the flawed version, (laughs) IG-72. Who is it? (laughs) You got to be specific here. Did you find in your your research, who did the designs for IG-88? Well, you know, it's interesting because um, Macquarie did sketches of uh, of a droid bounty hunter. Macquarie's um, concept version, they made an action figure of that, and the concept version has showed up in Rebels. And I always liked Macquarie's concept version. I always thought it looked like uh, Maximilian from the Black Hole. Yeah, so I was going to say, didn't they base Maximilian in the Black Hole on... Did Macquarie work on the Black Hole? Or they just ripped it off? I think they just ripped it off. <laughs> yeah, because when... I was looking at the the uh, Macquarie figure the other day, I, and I was like, "That just looks like Maximilian, yeah, with different arms." The yeah, ha- but then who who did the actual in? I mean, did they even do concepts, or did they just kind of kit bash him from stuff they had? Yeah, because the the head uh, was made from a Rolls Royce Derwent jet jet engine burner can with uh, slight modifications and additions. So, like all the little doodads and lights and little tubes on the IG-88 head or were added on later. But um, those same burners, you know, are in the most Eisley Cantina. Then there was a whole article, too, I found where somebody talked about where that burner prop was in tons of other British sci-fi shows, like it was in Blake 7 and Doctor Who. And there's a long history of that head showing up in lots of British sci-fi. IGD was puppeteered in Empire by this guy Paul Klein, who then I went to look up what else Paul Klein did, and you know the little like the little bug droid in Return of the Jedi with like a little pincer mouth when uh, Boosh walks into Jabba's palace. What I don't know, and like this yeah. little droid turns its head. Yeah, he he's also, that guy. He's that <laughs> superstar. I know. <laughs> I'll come work for you, but only if I can do the best characters. I wonder how it went from Macquarie's concept to kind of just this thrown together kind of scrap looking droid that ended up on screen with the rest of the bounty hunters. I'm trying to remember because do they talk about that in the making of Empire book? Because it does seem like a lot of the bounty, I mean, the bounty hunters are all kind of kit bashed from other stuff, right? Like Dengar's. 
was pretty much had repainted stormtrooper armor, right? And Forlom was like a 3PO repainted with a different head. So I don't remember if that was if they were like a last minute addition. Well, they would. I mean, there was the painting of them though. So, but I think the moral of the story is IG88 has been everywhere more than you know. But it goes to show it it hasn't always been IG88. He keeps showing up, and it's IG88 A B C D, IG72, IG86. IG assassin droids have been in more Star Wars than maybe Boba Fett. Well, they're big. It's a big happy intergalactic family. It's like they, you always used to watch that show, John and Kate plus IG88, where they had all those robot kids. <laughs> Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection Action figures R2-D2 Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia Each sold separately And here's action figures Boba Fett, Darth Vader and YG-88 They can't escape us I'll get the bounty No boss, I will You've got your mission man Now move out IG-88, Boss, Lando Calrissian And other action figures Each sold separately From Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection From Kenner You'd think after our thorough and painstaking IG-88 research that that'd be enough, that we could just never do another episode again. But no, we're going to keep going. We got some. We promised to get through some of these reviews and emails that were sent to us. All right, let's do it. So let's get through a couple of these emails first. This first one is from Parker Morris. And he wrote, hey, Gabe or Jason, whichever one this goes to. I just wanted to drop a note as my version of a review since I don't have iTunes. Which is, if you want to send us an email, we love emails. If you don't do iTunes, if you listen to it through SoundCloud or Stitcher or something else, send us an email. Let us know what you think or any questions or anything. But Parker writes, if I could give five stars, I'd give you six. I tried to listen to a few Star Wars podcasts in the past, but never really liked them. Your chemistry is awesome. Pretty sure if I had been born and raised in Michigan, we'd probably been friends. I often find myself thinking something, and then almost immediately Jason or Gabe would say what I was thinking. Thank you for the laughs, the news, and I was wondering where you guys get your news. But I realized I didn't need to go to the sources, so I can just listen to Blast Points. We don't have any special sources or anything. Yeah, the internet. <laughs> I found out about you guys from a Mandalorian Mercs picture from Celebration. Fascinating, right? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Had I not been interested in building some armor, I probably wouldn't have discovered your guys' great podcast. Keep up the great work. May the Porgs be with you. On a side note, now that I'm all caught up, what podcast would you recommend I check out to fill the void after listening to each new episode on Tuesdays? Thanks again, Parker Morris. I don't, you know, I don't know. I list, I like, um, I still like Full of Sith. Coffee with Kenobi can be fun. I, you know, I like Jedi News a lot. I like those guys out in the UK. There's so many out there. I feel like Star Wars podcasts, it's like no matter what your area of Star Wars that you're into or the way you like to hear people talk about Star Wars, there are so many Star Wars podcasts out there that there is one for you. I yeah. feel like there's, I think, 10,000 out there, and they're all That's different. I, yeah, I see there's so many, it's hard. <laughs> I can't keep up with them all, so. There's a lot out there, but yeah. But thank you, Parker. Thank so you. this is, Gabe, this is a mystery review. It's total, Ooh. I know, it's a mystery. Hello, Blast Points. I emailed here because I don't have iTunes, and I really want to leave a review for about your totally awesome podcast. Please hide my name, as my boyfriend is an avid listener of your podcast, and I kind of didn't want to tell him I'd leave a review and don't want him to be surprised. So, your secret is safe with us. Oh, wow. you, guys, you guys have an awesome podcast. I enjoy every minute of it. And it always makes me laugh about the silliest things about Star Wars, like Borgullet, Wado in his hat, Porgs, and etc. I personally like to talk about Anakin the Smooth Talker episode. <laughs> the thought of not being with you. I can't breathe. Oh, no, you okay, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> we do, too. We it's do. one of the best. 
<laughs> One of our favorites. As what my boyfriend said, your podcast is the phantom menace of all podcasts, which means it's refreshing, spontaneous, and beautiful. <laughs> we're we're going to come hang out with you and your boyfriend. Yeah. I always look forward to the next episode. Maybe you guys can do an episode about the awesome Connect Star Wars. Ha ha. Don't, don't tempt us. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need a heart attack. <laughs> keep doing what you love, and we'll keep supporting and listening. Thank you guys for being the coolest dudes. Thank you for spreading the good vibes on the Star Wars community. May the Force be with you. Thank you. Well, thank you, mystery person. Yeah, we like mysteries. <laughs> Star Wars Connect. We've we've hinted at it. We've you know, the Han Solo song has showed up every once in a while. Yeah, I know people who worked on it. <laughs> the connect connection and i said it before my son was making me play it for a while and i wanted to die so <laughs> i, I got to stay alive for last jedi so maybe maybe next year we did, can dig into it did you get up and dance we didn't he didn't want to do the dance stuff i would have probably been fine with the dancing he wanted to do like the the regular game part which is even worse you're like just <laughs> jumping and like to move you have to jump and the it just it's just standing in front of your tv and jumping constantly <laughs> I would never. I'm sorry, the game broke. <laughs> I don't know where the disc went. I'm sorry. Somehow it got shattered. I don't yeah. understand. So this next one is from the UK. And it's from the G-Man 911. And G-Man writes the wackiest, most hilarious, and typho-heavy podcast I've ever listened to. I've been listening to Star Wars podcasts for 10 years now. Some have come and gone, but I truly believe I will forever be listening to Blast Points. Why? Because it's ridiculous. These guys adore the prequel movies, which is so refreshing, especially Gabe's obsession with Attack of the Clones and Dooku on his speeder. It's a tough life, but I live it. (laughs) (laughs) And have an infectious love for the saga uh, as a whole. They notice tiny things that no one else does and celebrate just how crazy Star Wars really is. I absolutely love the format as well. Some brief news at the beginning, but then have the majority of the show focusing on one topic. Whether it's the latest movie discussion or a two-hour QVC with Mark Hamill from the 90s, I never know what to expect can't recommend this show enough now where's a jabba creatures salacious crumb episode it better be soon now time to get back under my mosquito net and recover from typho fever again well thanks yeah you know you're in the uk and i'm as i'm sure you know typho fever only happens now in the late summer but by fall in just a couple weeks it'll be gone unless you get uh panacamonia <laughs> looks pretty bad Onaka, jam the doors. Thank you. 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 Hi, JJ Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode Seven, thank you. So those are great reviews. And we got a few more that we can get to in other upcoming episodes that we will, that are great too. But you should, when you're done listening to this, if you're listening on iTunes, go ahead over there and leave us a review on there so we can read your review on an upcoming show. If you don't do iTunes, send us an email. And also, we'd love, like, you know, episode suggestions or questions or things you want us to talk about. Shoot us an email and we'll we'll make it happen. Yeah, we haven't done any questions from kids in a while either. So if you if you know any stray kids, <laughs> ask see if they have any Star Wars questions. Send them our way. Oh, we even do questions from grown ups or questions from like really old people. If you know any <laughs> seniors? Questions from seniors. Maybe we'll start doing that. I remember once when I saw The Force Awakens, there was a senior citizen couple sitting behind me, and then when we were walking out, the guy was like, "I can't believe that guy would kill his own dad." It's cold. It's cold-blooded. It's like, straight up, can't believe it either. And these last points, too accurate for sand people, 
Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. forget to check us out on blastpointspodcast.com facebook instagram twitter and keep on downloading the podcast yeah like we said last week too if you um if you know somewhere where blast Point should be where there are other star wars podcasts and we're not there let us know and we'll try and make it happen there's, there's too much star wars news to keep track of that's <laughs> too much ig88 yeah a b c d what tune in next week for ig88 episode 88b <laughs> <laughs> well, if everything goes according to plan, next week uh, is going to be some talk about Force Friday too. Ooh, yes, it's coming very, very soon. Yeah. yeah, let us know what your Force Friday plans are. What are the hot spots? Yeah, um, I'm going to Bed Bath Beyond. So <laughs> I don't know where you're going, Jason, but I'm going to get some towels. That's your collecting focus. Yeah, towels. I'm only into towels now. I was thinking about um, Shoe Carnival, maybe. Does that still exist? Is there still Shoe oh, Carnivals? Yeah. yeah, yeah. you can go spin the wheel. Yeah. Maybe I'll get some shoes. Totally not Star Wars at all. As long as they're open. <laughs> I was going to go barging in there. You guys got any Black Series Lukes? That's right. Uh, our friend Richie, he's only planning on getting a Choco Taco. So <laughs> <laughs> I think the last two Force Fridays, he comes along and just buys a Choco Taco at midnight. <laughs> so, you know. I swear, if, if Phantom Menace Force Friday, our friend Colin Nooner, I think he got a Snickers bar at... Uh, <laughs> That Toys R Us Still counts I got a Watto and you got a Snickers bar So maybe we won that Force Friday <laughs> So yeah t- Until next week we'll, t- we'll talk to you soon Thanks for listening Bye May the Force be with you Goodbye old friend May the Force be with you substantial reward for whoever captures the Millennium Falcon. Is he paying attention? Come on, let's go and play ball.